Congratulations, you found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. We all need to talk like that. See, now that's perfect. (laughs) That was perfect right there. God, you're all full of ball juice today. Jesus Christ. Do you want a ball? No, I um I ate like seven balls before I got here. Vonnie's, Makes me feel better that I've already had four. Vonnie's yeah. salty balls are on the menu today. They're yeah. a little dry. My balls are a little dry today. <laughs> it's okay, though. Well, right up there's the sign says, get your balls wet. I was, you know but what I'm I was bum- thinking sh- is if I could eat it, they would be really good dipped in like ranch dressing. I was thinking barbecue sauce. <gasps> oh, that's even Would you better. Like so? But I will also dip anything in barbecue sauce. Love barbecue sauce. Because barbecue sauce is my favorite. And I have I three need to go types get, in my get fridge. Some condiments from the fridge. Well, you know, I'm still eating that um, that barbecue sauce from what? What's that one place? Q. Oh, Cosmos Q. Cosmos Q. That's Cosmo it's, with a K, by the way. If you're looking it up, and man, that's good stuff. Something jalapeno, mm. and it's so fucking good. Apricot, I think. Because it's so, sweet. Ooh. It's like when you first eat it, it's like a little bit maybe sweet, I, like barbecue did sauce. Did I keep the apricot one or did I give you the apricot one? If not, I'll just go sneak right in there and grab that. I don't know which one you gave me, but it was delicious. Was I'm going to so need good. you to get me some more of that. I love you what the kinds? most. What kinds are those? Ooh, apple chipotle. These are gluten free too. Are they really? Come here. We have to dip balls. You're going to do this with me. I need my own ball dipping station. I'm not going to do this by myself. I will dip some balls with you. Oh, Here's my God. ball dipping station. Let me. Well, hold on. Don't throw them at me. I got to go get some juice. Okay. I have to take my headphones off now because I'm going to eat. So I'm going to be away from the thing, too. We have stepped away from the mic. <laughs> take a quick break. All right. This. I could play some jaunty music during this time. I almost. <sighs> We're going to pause this and we'll come back to you. In a few moments, just pretend that there there's an intermission at this point. We'll come back and give the final on which is the better, the original competition barbecue sauce from Cosmos Q or the apple chipotle. All right, we're back from intermission from the tasting of the barbecue sauce. This was a, what do you call it? A spontaneous thing. This just sort of happened. Cosmo is one of my neighbors, and I just happened to have this barbecue sauce on hand. So I just cracked open a couple of the ones I have on hand, which are... Apple Chipotle and Original Competition. And that Apple Chipotle is freaking it's awesome. so good. It's so I so think good. that's the consensus, is it? The Original Competition was also amazing, but it the Apple Chipotle good. is even better. Mm-hmm. I would think that the Apple Chipotle would be good for like pork or chicken, and the competition would be good for beef products. I want to slather that on some ribs. Which one? I mean, either of them, but really the Original Competition. Mm. So you get like those sticky ribs, like in the yeah. style of like mm-hmm. the baby back ribs. Those are just a thicker that. sauce too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Delicious. who knew that we were going to be advertising for Cosmo today? I wish hey. I had a grill. <laughs> so you just break it open and just start grilling right here. <laughs> I'm just going to dig a fire pit in the small field behind my apartment. <laughs> All right, book girls, we need your help. Here's what we're going to do. We need advertisers. So what we're going to do is we're going to shout out Cosmo's website and if you want to help the book girls, what you do is you go buy some, some one of his products, one of the rubs or barbecue sauce or something, and then make sure that you tell him that it that you heard it heard here. it on Three Book Girls podcast. And then maybe he'll advertise with us, which would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, and maybe then you could see the commercial that Martha made. Oh my God, that's right. That commercial was so freaking hilarious. I tell you what, what we'll do is that maybe we'll stick it on our website. The commercial? Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to find it on YouTube so I can put the connection on. Maybe he'll give us free barbecue sauce. He might. Is Uh, that a pipe dream? I don't want to Dude, that's what I got paid in when I did the commercial. He paid paid me in sauce and rubs. I told you, the sign will work for barbecue. Rub me, sauce me. I may do that next week. When it comes to food, there are just some things that I am not allowed to make because I will eat the entire thing all by myself. Mm-hmm. Vani uses these sausage balls. Yes. <laughs> Except she makes them anyway. That's why I make them for special occasions because if I make them for my house, they I, I'll eat all of them by yeah. myself I, in an afternoon. I'm Rice Krispie Treats. I am not allowed uh-huh. to make those. I will eat. Usually what happens is I'll make a double batch and eat half. And then I'm I'm absolutely completely so ill I can't move, but, yeah, but I can't keep from doing it. Rice Krispie treats aren't that filling though. If That's- you eat an entire batch, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe anything is filling if you eat a batch. I can't stop. <laughs> I, I'm I am incapable of stopping. So I just I don't make them unless like I'm gonna make them and somebody's coming right over. Hmm. So then someone else has to eat them with you. So right. you can't physically because, you know, eat them all yourself. There, there are some shame elements involved. <laughs> right. So if I'm in, standing in front of someone, I'm not going to stand there with these still warm Rice Krispie treats and, and eat, eat them. them with a spoon directly <laughs> out of the fucking pan. <laughs> I'll wait until they cool and then eat some. <laughs> but I won't stand there with a spoon in front of them and eat the entire fucking pan. I can't make fudge anymore. I taught myself how to make um, regular fudge and then peanut butter fudge. I ate it so fast. I wanted some fudge. I'm not the allowed other day. to eat it anymore. It's very easy to make. You can make that shit in your microwave. Like the reason is because I'm I'm rereading the Harry Potter books, and in Ooh. the first book, um, the Weasley mom makes fudge for everybody oh, yeah. for Christmas, oh. and I I listened to that and I was like, mm, damn, fudge. now I want some fudge. Yeah, I'm not allowed to make it anymore. Mm. I'll make it for our, our holiday party when we have it. There you go. Our end of the year party. I was going to say, Don't we're already planning our holiday party? Don't yeah. put any pecans <gasps> in it. That's all Mother I Walnuts are good. I don't put nuts in it. You know what? What? I forgot to get Megan. Oh, no. Whoops. <laughs> Did you guys die? LOL. <laughs> Fuck. I didn't know that Megan was going to be on because Kayla was on. Yeah, I sent Megan a text. <laughs> Uh, God damn it. Well, you know what it is, is we get distracted by food and then we forget <clears throat> everything else that's going on. We be, we go into this food tunnel. tunnel. We were in the food tunnel, Megan. We were sitting here and we, we got trapped in a food tunnel and I turned the recorder on and then all of a sudden I went, holy fuck, I forgot Megan. I was like, where'd they go? 
Okay, book girls, if you want to help us out, because you're going to help us get some advertising, hopefully. Maybe Cosmo will advertise with us in the future. His website is cosmosq.com. K-O-S-M-O-S-Q.com. He's my neighbor. And he is a master barbecue dude. Kayla had uh, an unexpected, she was going to be on the podcast today, but she was unable to make it today. So at the very last minute, I called up Megan. I said, you busy? Nope. (laughs) So we got Megan today. Hello. And I almost forgot to call her because I'm (laughs) stupid. Look. Because we got talking about barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce is the most important condiment. Yes. It's the best one. It's the most versatile condiment. I I, I agree. Argue. Fish I mean, fingers can... and barbecue sauce is one of the the most underrated meals on the planet. And if you add in tater tots, tater tots, that, yes, the, and well, definitely tater tots. Oh, barbecue sauce for both the fish fingers and the I've tater tots. I've never tried barbecue sauce on fish because I love tartar sauce tater sauce <laughs> tartar <laughs> sauce <laughs> now now i'm thinking tater tots i personally i think tartar sauce is an abomination i, I love tartar sauce also agree it's an abomination yeah love tartar so sauce. is yellow mustard i hey, mean hey you back off of my cheap yellow mustard girl <laughs> it's disgusting i only have some got, is because i needed it for a recipe what tartar sauce or yellow mustard yellow mustard I, oh. tartar sauce does not come into my house that's the thing about living alone. You don't have to let stuff it's like in that you don't like. It's like and pickles. I mean, I mix those together anyways. You do what? <laughs> Yum. That sounds like the worst combination. That sounds like fish fingers and custard. Can you see Alyssa's face right now? Because, yeah, you know, I don't want to have to clean up vomit, okay? Look, we've talked about before how much I hate pickles. Oh, that's right. I saw a pickle pizza on Facebook I almost shared and I thought Thank you for not. You know, Alyssa doesn't need to vomit on her laptop, so I'm not going to share this. does not. I shared that with my sister. Did you? Yup. 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 It sounds, it's all disgusting. Are you like dipping the pickles in mayonnaise? Well, I mean, I hate mayonnaise. I might do that if they were fried pickles, but I'm talking about like, okay, and this is probably because I'm poor and stupid, but I have taken shredded cheese and mayonnaise and pickles before and made a sandwich out of just that. Like tuna fish, but without the tuna fish. And it was delicious. I'm speechless right now. <laughs> Nobody's really saying am. anything. I'm really speechless. Nope, I got nothing on this. <laughs> so upset. <laughs> By it this was sandwich. It was good. And then I put it in a hot dog bun and ate it. Well, it's fine. Bread's bread. White bread is white bread. <laughs> huh? Yeah, white bread is white. I agree with that. White bread is white bread. Yeah. Well, I mean, hot dog. I had extra hot dog buns that I needed yeah. to use. So that's what I. And I've also ate pickle sandwiches. With pickle spears with cheese and mayonnaise in a hot dog bun. Mayonnaise is disgusting. Can we not, please, with the mayonnaise? <laughs> Love mayonnaise. Yeah, I don't, no mayonnaise. I just have to live with the fact that now I know that this combination of food exists. And I didn't know before today. And now I know. And I'm a little mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> 
what the fuck <laughs> but i brought but i brought you balls you brought me sausage balls so we can still be friends and i did not use mayonnaise or pickles in those mayonnaise in stuff is fine you put mayonnaise in chocolate cake sometimes to make it moist but it doesn't taste Ooh. like mayonnaise so it's fine i could put mayonnaise in chocolate cake and not tell you and you would eat it yeah, it just I don't want to talk really about it. it. <laughs> Actually, I did use mayonnaise in a, in a casserole I made last week. I tried the whole. You, have you heard about making grilled cheese sandwiches with mayonnaise Ugh, instead of butter? That's disgusting. I don't like the flavor as much. I tried it and I, I didn't like it. And it doesn't that's crisp. Disgusting. And it doesn't crisp up the same. No, it doesn't. It's not as no. good. It's better with butter. Pizza. This is our entertainment during quarantine. Yeah, None food. of us have been. Well, Alyssa and I have not been out of our houses all week. Nope. Bonnie, I have has. So if if one of us gets the corona, well, we know who it came from. It's on Vonnie. Stop coughing in my fucking house, you evil person. You heinous bitch. And Megan, she's quarantined for another fourteen days because she's at the hospital every day. But there's literally there's zero COVID patients in the OU hospital right now. Oh. As of Friday when I left work, like not one. Sure. Are you wearing pajamas? No, I have. It's like a sweatshirt. Oh. But like, are you was, judging are her you for judging wearing pajamas? Her? No. If I was home, I would be. <laughs> now I was just going to be jealous. We had a great crowd last night in our call. Yeah, did we you? did. Yeah. I think at one time we had 20, but I didn't. There were some people I did not get listed. 16 was what I had written down, but I know we had more than that. We had more people. I wasn't on last night, so no. I don't know. The, the picture I posted in Instagram, there's 19 people in the picture. Cool. And some of them were us. So I'm just going to go down the list real quick just to shout out the people that were on. Caroline from Madison, Indiana. Shona, Shona Gibson from Denton, Texas. Kathy from Park Ridge, New Jersey. Sandra from the Caymans. Shona from Houston. Autumn from Dixon, Tennessee. Dana from Pennsylvania. Taylor, she was new from Arlington, Illinois. We had Illinois and Indiana this week. Allison yep. from Wisconsin. Lacey from Edmond, Oklahoma. Woot woot. Kathleen Harriet, who is one of our guests on the virtual world tour. She's from Tampa. From Tampa, Florida. Keith from Pennsylvania. Kayla, Megan, Alyssa, and me. So how many people is that? We actually had a guy on. No, Keith, no is a woman. Keith is a woman. Oh, oh, I know Rachel. who she is. She's been on before. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. We had, we had Rachel. Sorry, and oh, I missed Rachel. Lacey. Rachel, Lacey. Um, Nick. Oh, and Nicole was on. Our One of our original book oh, girls. Oh, Nicole, 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 Nicole. Nicole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. awesome. I knew I hadn't how'd written she, everybody down. How's she doing? And Megan from Florida. Oh, yeah. Megan from Florida. I think that's everybody. Yay. Looking at this picture, I think that's Yeah, everybody. Nicole's doing good. She bought a house. Yeah, I know you told mm-hmm. me she bought a house. It's nice to see her. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think she enjoyed it, too. Kind well, of that's good. Re- reconnecting with her book girl roots. <laughs> Everybody's got their roots out right now. We did a lot of book recommending and talking back and forth, which is what makes it so fucking cool to talk to book girls from around the country. I kept forgetting. Um, I have, like, two pages of notes because I use, like, a really tiny, like, piece of paper like the size of my hand and it's two pages of the books we talked about yesterday that it was amazing post on the on the tribe yes it was amazing we really it really felt good well i know yeah. the one that i'm going to review today we talked about a couple of weeks ago on a Sweet. zoom Sweet. so well shall we start that out since you gave us that nice transition sure good job honey 
Thank you. Thank you. Did it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Not. Not. (laughs) Okay, so what I read, or what I'm going to review anyways, is called Something in the Water by Catherine Stedman. And I'm pretty sure that somebody in our chat group talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that they had read it and liked it. Or they had read another one of her books, I think. But It does sound familiar. It like, does. It sounds super familiar. So what this book is about is the main character in this is Erin. And she is a documentary filmmaker. And she is engaged to a gentleman named Mark, who is a banker. Well, when they're still planning their wedding and everything, Mark loses his job. They're kind of a little bit in a financial bind, so they end up having to kind of consolidate their wedding down to smaller than what they wanted to. And instead of two weeks in Bora Bora, they end up only going for seven days, you know, so on and so forth. And when they're on their honeymoon, one of the things that they do is they go scuba diving. And when they go scuba diving, they come across like this trail of like paper in the water and they don't know what it is. So they kind of follow the trail in the boat and then they go scuba diving to kind of see what's in the water. And it is a plane that has crashed in the water that's on the bottom of the ocean. And um, Erin's not really a fan of scuba diving. So she's like, you know what? I don't want to go that deep. If you want to check it out, then that's fine. And she goes back up to the surface and everything and goes... And gets back on the boat and everything. And when she's coming back up to the surface to go to the boat, she finds like this, like, I want to say it's like a suitcase, but like like a suitcase or a duffel bag or something floating in the water also. So she takes it back on top onto the boat with her. And, you know, she's sitting there waiting and, of course, you know, worrying about her husband who's down, you know, checking out this wrecked plane and everything. And when he gets back onto the boat and they go back to the hotel, they kind of look in this duffel bag and it has a bunch of cash and a bunch of loose diamonds. I thought you were going to say cocaine. (laughs) I was was going with like body parts. (laughs) That would be why it was floating. Mm. And um, it also has a case with a gun and a burner phone and a uh, thumb drive in it. And of course, everything's all wet, right? No, it was everything was in a waterproof container. Oh. So nothing is wet, nothing is destroyed. And I mean, so they're like, well, what do we do? I mean, it was a huge sum of money. And so they're like, you know, they don't know what to do with all of this and so on and so forth. And they're like, well, should we call the authorities? Well, they decide that they're just going to keep the money. That's the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> That's because, what I'm talking about. Keep the money. So they take. That's where this plan's going to go wrong. Right there. Right there. <laughs> so first mistake made is they kept the money. They put it in a Swiss bank account. And um, they decide what they're going to do is they'll just take it out in really small increments so that they don't have this flood of cash that's going to, you know, raise suspicions against them for anything. Because at the same time, they kind of hear that somebody is looking for this case that they think might have shown up on Bora Bora. 
And another couple who checked in the same time they did and were newlyweds also were murdered. Oh. Huh. Yeah. So now let's get back to this burner phone. Mm. Now, Erin, like every typical woman, could not leave this phone alone. So she decides that she's going to turn it on, but she's going to keep it in airplane mode. And she's she clearly never watched Investigation ID or clearly criminal. apparently not. But, but she starts getting text messages from somebody on the burner phone on the burner phone. Hey, baby, how you doing? And they are uh, then they offer her like another hugely substantial amount of money if she will give them this thumb drive. Ooh. Oh, which so now dumb, so dumb. Don't be greedy, baby. Her husband has hid somewhere in the house and she doesn't know where it's at. I'm going with an air vent. <laughs> Under the bed. So, so, you know, all of this is going on and you everything not is getting very creative really... on where to hide things, because I can think of a thousand other places that you should do besides either of those. FYI, it was in neither one of those places. So oh, things keep okay. happening. And um, while she's making this documentary, and I should mention that this documentary is about prisoners who are about to be released after long sentences. Mm. So there's this one organized criminal who's in there who starts helping her. And I mean, I'm not going to go into too much more detail after that. I'm just going to say that a whole lot of shit happens and it doesn't end the way that you think it's going to end. Interesting. And um, this is very British. Oh, I love and British. And when they swear, they say feckin. Feckin is Irish. She is originally from Ireland. Oh, uh, another thing I forgot to mention. Wait, no, that's a different book. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's the other book that they say feckin. This is what happens when we're all reading so many books at the same time. We can't, we're starting to not be able to keep it straight. Well, I read like, uh, I read like two books right in a row that were from, um, from the UK. And they say feckin' in that book. But anyways, so, yeah, this this ended up being a pretty good book. I'm not going to say it's completely believable because, I mean, how many people have found a million dollars floating in the ocean when they go on vacation and then get, you know, mixed up in some mob people? I don't think it's supposed to be believable. So this was very much a mystery thriller, but it was fun. And I liked it, and it read very well. She's a good writer. I enjoyed her writing style. It actually sounds like something I would yes, love. Yes, I think that you would like it because it is very British. Oh, I'm getting all excited. And it was fun. And it wasn't lovey-dovey, even though they were, you know, just married and everything else. But, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Martha's putting it in her phone right now. Mm-hmm. And it was called Something in the Water by Katherine Stedman. Is it my turn? Sure. Okay. Well, I mentioned in the Zoom call last night, um, I don't think I mentioned it on here. I am only reading historical romances right now. It's uh, my coping mechanism for (laughs) major stress. (laughs) For all the stress that's happening right now and the living alone in my house by myself. Prince Charming last week was an exception to the rule because Donna Kaufman passed away. But we're right back in it this week Mm -hmm. with my fake rake by Eva Lee. And so this 
for once is a relatively new book i actually read a new book in a timely manner so this came out like only six months ago (laughs) good job i know i never read things in the order i'm supposed to so this book is about grace and sebastian and so they both belong to this kind of lending library so library public libraries are not a thing yet really in the uk um especially for yeah they're just not really quite a thing yet it's still the 1800s they're not super duper popular yet um and so it's kind of one that's for scientists people who are interested in mathematics and nature and stuff like that and so grace wants to get the attention of another man who's part of this lending library um she's really attracted to him but he definitely doesn't see her as like a woman like he just sees her as a friend and that's really frustrating for her (laughs) and so she's like well what if what if he saw me being courted by someone else ah the old jealousy ploy but not even jealousy but more as like making his brain realize oh you're a woman and not just like a friend ah yes and so she enlists her friend Sebastian to do this. And so because they're in London society, um, he's also got to be someone who is like in good standing with society. You know, he's got to be popular oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Sebastian is not. Um, he suffers from crippling anxiety. Welcome to all of our lives. Yeah. So he um, he kind of he's like I, he doesn't really want to do this. Because it doesn't sound like his idea of a very good time. <laughs> and also, he really likes Grace. And so he I doesn't want... I was going to say, there has to be some sort yeah, of a... He doesn't want to help her, like, land another man. But ultimately, he's kind of like, well, you know, he doesn't have a lot of money. He's a second or third son. And so at that wow. time, the first son inherited everything. And the second and third sons were kind of... Yeah. Not completely on their own, but almost completely on their own ultimately he does decide to help her and so it's a really fun twist on like the makeover trope because instead of like making over a woman it being like oh she was pretty the whole time like it's the man instead which was really fun oh um and you get to watch him like overcome his anxiety and um it was really good it was a lot of fun um it was really light I read it pretty quickly um my only critique of it was that kind of once you get towards the halfway point like The important part of the romance is like you have to start this story and you can't envision these people getting together because there's so much in their way. Yeah, they couldn't possibly get together like the conflict has to go around that. But so by the time we got to the middle of the book and he's kind of started to sort out his anxiety and all of that, um, there's not a lot keeping them apart. And so the conflict becomes kind of like lack of communication, Mm. which isn't a very I mean, it happens in a lot of romances, but it's not a very good conflict and it's a very boring conflict Mm. and it's not very interesting. And so, um, like it wasn't a bad book. It just, it was kind of, it had such a good hook and like such a fun premise Mm. that like kind of halfway through, I was like, this is not living up to, you're like, damn it. Yeah. Cause when something has a fun (laughs) twist, you're like, all of this, this is going to be fresh and fun and good to read. It's going to be different. But then half we hit the halfway point. I was like, it's not different anymore yeah i'm so disappointed um so ultimately i would give this like three and a half stars 
not bad, not great. It just, it was disappointing. Ultimately, I'll still read this author though. Um, she's about to have another book come out this summer. So summer is a super popular time for romance. We get a lot. The heavy hitters really come out during the summer. So romances are good beach reads. They are. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that was My Fake Rake by Eva Lee. Am I, is it my turn? Megan, I believe you're up. All right. So this week... I went for some brain candy YA fairy tale retelling, and I read Geekerella by Ashley Poston, and it is so fun because obviously Ella, kind of Cinderella sounding. So we have our main character Elle, who is living with her stepmother and her stepsisters. And and her father has passed away. And we start off by finding out that she is like an uber nerdy high schooler. And she is a huge fan of a TV show called Starfield. So it's kind of like Star Trek-y kind of nerddom. And all the nerd things that we know and love, Star Wars, Star Trek, all exist in this universe. Starfield is just like another show. Like it doesn't replace any of the things that we know and love. Um, so that's like her, like, she loves it. She writes blogs. She follows all the celebrity gossip about it. And they're about to reboot it as a new movie. And so when we start, we find out that we find out who the main cast is. Of course, it's like kept super secret. And she is like super pissed off at who they cast as the, um, Commodore, command Commodore, and Commander Commodore. I think it's Commodore, and she's just really not happy about it. And she gets on her blog and is like, "He's terrible! Like he plays in like soap operas. Like he would be in like Degrassi. Like that's kind of the type of show that he would be known for as like a teenager." How dare you shame Degrassi in this way? Dude, dude, I am not shaming Degrassi. (laughs) We watch so much Degrassi. (laughs) I always called it Degrassi. Degrassi. Is it Degrassi? It's Degrassi. It's Canadian. Yeah. Fancier well, up there. It's not the Midwest. Yeah. Degrassi. It'd be, it'd be like, <laughs> it'd be Degrassi, but like set in California. So it's kind of like. So, so the OC. But yeah, but like more romance. I don't know. It's kind of like, um, like melding of a bunch of different type of shows. So they don't, no one really takes him serious as an actor they're kind of like no he's a terrible choice and so he's feeling all this pressure about being cast and we find out he's actually like an uber starfield fan as well but nobody knows it like he's an undercover fanboy and in the interviews he has to like purposely like get stuff wrong because like there's like this challenge like trivia thing happening in one of the episodes and they're like well you got to get it wrong so we can dunk you in the duck tank he's like no one would miss this question if they're a fan but that's all from like his perspective right so she's watching it on like good morning america and she's like see told you he missed this question like he's not a real fan he has no idea what he's doing why did they cast him and her blog like blows up and gets like huge and everyone's all in on l's like opinion about Starfield. And we come to find out her dad 
when he was alive, started the Starfield like Comic Con. And it's like huge. It's almost like Dragon Con in Atlanta is basically what it is. They just read Excelsior Con is what it's called. And she got his old phone because her stepmother is too cheap to let her have her own new phone. So after her dad dies, she gets his cell phone. And his cell phone in like old websites is still connected to Excelsior Con. So Darian, who plays in the movie, is trying to get out of going to Comic-Con. He doesn't want to go because he thinks the fans are going to eat him alive. So he ends up texting Elle, but he doesn't know it's Elle because he's just picked up the number from the the depths of the internet. And she doesn't know it's him because he doesn't like identify himself when they're talking back and forth. So they have this whole kind of conversations going back and forth and it all comes to a head at the Comic-Con and it's just super fun. They talk a lot about nerd things. You meet her like best friend that helps her like get all the things she needs. And there's some drama going to the the the, the Comic Con because you know Cinderella had trouble getting to the ball. So it's kind of that same idea. And it's just a lot of fun and being able to understand it from like a fangirl perspective made it fun because they reference all of the different. Um, Star Wars and Star Trek and just Doctor Who and all these things that if you are in that world and understand it, you can like visualize it. Like as she walks through the con, you're like, okay, yeah, I know exactly what she's talking about. Okay, I'm here for it. And you get to see like his struggle of playing the role and her struggle of trying to become her own independent like person. And it's just a lot of fun. I highly recommend it if you need a brain candy like nerd book. Cool. Yay. I like the references. I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why I liked uh, Ready Player One so much is because yeah. of the 80s references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like she says it several times. She'll be like, well, you know, like stuff gets wibbly wobbly, like timey wimey. I have is- socks that say that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I do too. Yeah. So it just makes it fun when you get the nerd references, when you know what she's talking about. And like one of the big things that kept coming up in the book, because, you know, like people get dead set on like costuming of people between shows and his new uniform is not the right shade of blue from the original like guy's uniform. Oh, God, we can't have that. No. You have to have the right shade. Inauthenticity will not be. Right. That's generic. That's when your mom couldn't afford to buy the real Barbie. Will not be tolerated. (laughs) Yeah. And like, so it's like, that was like her first thing in the, when they were like talking in the, or when he was, she was writing the blog. She's like, and his jacket's the wrong color. (laughs) Like, And on his side, he like sees the costume for the first time. And he's like, it's the wrong color. And the costumes designer's like, shut up and put it on. (laughs) So it was, it's kind of fun. Cause we all do that in our fandoms. Like things happen and you're like, no. That like, didn't I, happen in the book. Yeah, exactly. exactly <laughs> That's the, the only fandom I'm interested in is what happened in the book. Yes. Um, and that was Geekerella by Ashley Poston. And I would give it, I'd say it's five out of five. It was a lot of fun. I've just read the sequel. So there is a second one too, then that comes after it. And it's a lot of fun. So I, I love her universe and I will keep reading it. Mm. Awesome. Sweet. 
I hadn't decided what I was going to review, but then did you decide while she was talking? Well, no, because Sandra (laughs) got on. You do sometimes. I I do. I do sometimes do that. Don't let her lie to us. No, because Sandra got on the because I put a little post up on the book tribe last night afterwards because I just had so much fun. So I put up a little post, a thank you post. And Sandra got on there and said, I look forward to your review of the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Oh, so I was like, shit, now I have to review that. Because we kind of talked about that a little bit last night on the chat because there were several people that either had read it or disagreed vehemently about whether or not it was a good book. Oh, it's yeah. one of those kind of yes, books. Yes, it is one of those. I need to read it now. Like it's, I'm looking at it on my shelf right now. I need to read it. Yes, and the author is Grady Hendricks, who also wrote We Sold Our Souls. That was the one about the band that actually sold their souls to the devil. I, I reviewed it during an October. Yeah, I kind of yeah. remember so it that a does little bit. And ring I really, 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 really loved it. So when I saw that this was Grady Hendricks, I'm like, yes, I'm so here for this. Having said that. Oh, no. I mean, it's a vampire book. I know it's a vampire book. And I love vampire books. Do you really? I do. I mean, other than Anne Rice, I haven't heard you talk about vampire books. Yeah, I love vampire books. She just doesn't like sparkly vampires. Right. Oh. I like real real vampires. (laughs) Edward is real, okay? Yeah, whatever. We need to go to Forks and investigate. Yeah, whatever. Fork off, you two. (laughs) Listen, you shirt ball. <laughs> shirt, ba- shirt bag. As soon as we're unquarantined, we can go to Forks. I'm in. So we anyway, in. the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix is not one of my favorite books. And I'll tell you why. It starts out, he explains why he wrote the book. And he wrote the book for his mom, who's a badass Southern woman. You know, the idea that his mom could, you know, kick a vampire's ass type thing. So the intro really sort of builds you up to this woman who's a strong woman, right? And then he pulls out this almost, it's supposed to take place in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Mm Mm-hmm. And he pulls out this 1950s fucking Donna Reed um, milk toast kind of woman to be his main character. Sorry about your mom there, Grady, but... Maybe that... She's Southern. That's how Southern women are, though. Dude, I lived in Texas. I understand that. But the problem is, is if he was writing about his mother, he... He didn't see the real person. He saw the caricature of her. Mm. So well, everybody, if you're a guy and you're writing about a woman, it's different and it's condescending. I don't know anybody, any woman that fits into that box. Even the Southern women that I didn't like don't fit into this box of I'm this a, character. I'm a kick-ass Donna Reed character. I would totally have been on board <laughs> if she was a kick-ass Donna Reed. You got a hair in your mouth, buddy? <laughs> ah! 
That's for saying what shit about happen? Donna Reed. <laughs> I had something in my mouth, my hair. Oh, okay. I think it could have been so fucking great. And I kept waiting for it to take a turn. I kept waiting for us. I kept waiting for her to pull her balls out of her purse. And I think it's because I expected so much from it that I was so disappointed in it. Plus, it was a real I knew Grady Hendrix would do this because I he's not. That was one of the reasons I wanted to read it so bad, because I knew it wouldn't fall into the regular vampire trope. Mm-hmm. I knew it would be different. I was expecting that part of it. And when we when he does sort sort of get into his own skin, so to speak, then you start to feel it. Oh, yeah, here it comes. Right. There's this one scene in particular that what's your friend's name, Megan? Rachel. OK, there's this one part in particular that Rachel brought up during the chat last night where uh, I think it was Rachel that was talking about it. She goes, oh, my God, the cockroach. Yeah, she was. Yes, there's a scene where she's hiding from this guy. She's hiding in the attic and she's explaining crawling under the blankets filled with mouse droppings and spiders and um, just just I mean, I was totally gagging. I could smell those blankets. I mean, he's really a great writer. And she crawls underneath these blankets to hide from the from the guy, and a cockroach crawls in her ear. Ugh. Yeah, and she has to not move. And she's explaining how its antenna <laughs> fucking tickling her eardrum, and it's just ah! you're just horrified the whole time. So uh, what I'm saying is, this was a really good book from certain points of view. Once he gets out of his own way and stops trying to write his mom, there are some really bright spots in this book. For one thing, his vampire was super unique. And the whole way his story unfolded was great. I just happened to hate the main character. Hmm. Because she was not the kind of woman that could actually kick a vampire's ass. I get what he was trying to do. What he was trying to do is trying to um, show us how a group of Southern women could come together and form this little army to go, you know, beat up a vampire. But the problem is, is you don't get to that point until three quarters of the book is gone. And Mm. then you start kind of, they start kind of banding together and you finally see it. But it's, it just takes so fucking long to get there. And the main character is so annoying with her milk toast Southern bullshit. Not even the good kind. I totally get that that women behave that way towards men sometimes. But deep down, I don't think any of them really. Maybe maybe this is just about women I wouldn't like to be around. I don't know. I think this makes me think about the silent patient. Yeah. And how I wonder a lot of times if men, because they live in a world where they do intrinsically have the power. There's something about women they just fundamentally don't and can't understand. Yes, 
I think that's it. I like, don't I think he doesn't understand that Donna Reed is an extremely strong woman. It just she's just playing the part that she has to play because this is society's expectations. I don't think they see that. They're just like, oh, this is yeah, what a but, woman was like then. But, but it not wasn't. in the eighties, though. See, this right. is the thing that but was killing in, me. But even in the fifties, yeah. But I still think that the book could have worked if they actually based used on the, the way the character was, if he had said it much earlier. Mm-hmm. Because even in the South, in the eighties, women. I mean, maybe his mom was that way towards him, but I mean, you've got to have that. I don't know. I, I don't want to diss the guy's mom. Right. Is what I'm coming that down makes it to. Hard. But I did not like the main character because she she felt weak to me. And if you're going to be weak, you're not going to beat the vampire. So it sort of made the book not believable. Mm-hmm. Because the whole time she's dancing back and forth with this character. She comes into contact with him a lot throughout the book. And I like the character of the vampire because of the way Grady made him. His whole backstory and everything like that was super interesting. So I think that what made me the maddest is that the potential was so strong to be a kick-ass book and it just didn't happen for me because the the way the woman was portrayed didn't fit like I said I don't know the guy's mom but it just seems to me that the whole way the women characters were portrayed just wasn't not satisfying for me and therefore I did not like it having said that there were a lot of people on Goodreads that did like it. And one of the girls on the call, and I don't remember who it was, who the other person was that had read it and really liked it. I think I, it, I think it might have been Sandra. It was, was it Dana? Um, or D, um, Dana? I don't know if it, I don't think it was Dana. I don't remember. Anyway, it was one of the other girls on the call who really liked the book. I think if you haven't, here's the other thing. If you've never read and loved a vampire novel then this might work out just perfectly fine for you because it did have some level of creepy in it but being an experienced vampire lover and you know having read so many different ways of writing the monster I thought it was an excellent uh, interpretation of that particular type of character it just didn't fall into place for me. So I'm not saying don't read it. It was actually a really good book. But for myself, my own personal self, I only gave it three stars. I'm definitely in the minority on Goodreads, though. Most of the people that read it really liked it a lot. Gave it five stars. But I just, the mom just didn't do it for me. And some of the other women characters that were in there did not do it for me. There was one character I really fucking loved in there. The born again, the born again Christian or the, the, the strong Christian woman in there was the only one that came through in the end. Oh man. But I did like the book club that they had that he portrayed in there where most people, there was a, a book club that, the main character was let into which was a very snooty book club and it wasn't working out for her in one of the scenes she goes to the book club meeting and she's supposed to lead the meeting but she hasn't read the book that's a bad plan that's a bad plan girl and she basically gets kicked out of the book club 
And, and it's like the 80s, so you can't even Google that shit. You I know. <laughs> I know. So she and some of the other members of the club give up on that book club and start reading true crime. Which is the other thing that makes this so unbelievable is all of these women were reading all of those books and the way they behaved when they started to find out that something was wrong did not feel believable to me at all Mm. because they didn't hop on board with her and help her right away. Like we would do if I told you, if I came to you guys and I said, guys, there's something really fucking weird going on and I know it sounds crazy, but my neighbor's a vampire I'd be all in. I'm telling you. Oh, I'd be like, women have each other's backs. I don't know. If you said it was a vampire, I'd be like, what well, the she fuck didn't, is wrong? She, <laughs> she didn't say it was a vampire in the beginning. She said that it was, he was a child molester or something more believable just to get him to come on board with it. And they're like, that makes more sense. No, 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 no. We're not. I'd be more apt to go to the home of a vampire than if a If you said it was molester. a vampire, I'd be like, we need to have a talk. About your medicine. I know. Yeah. Right now. (laughs) Well, and she came to that conclusion herself, which is why she kind of, you know, went to a different place first. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to trust your friends. So I didn't like that part of it either. I didn't like the reluctance of your friends to help. Clearly, he's never been around women friends. Well, yeah, but women are also very backstabbing, like... I mean, if you came and told me or I told you, yeah, that'd be one thing. But if I went and told, I don't know, I don't have any other friends um, <laughs> besides what's in this room. But if I had another friend, say somebody at work, I said, dude, you know what? I think my neighbor's a vampire. They'd be like, oh, I'm going to go talk to your supervisor right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm women can I know women can be bitches, but. I like to believe in a world where women are not bitches and where women will do anything to help each other. We can be bitches. We just need to be loyal bitches. Damn straight. Yeah. Yes. But unfortunately, not everybody is a loyal bitch. Guys, if I ever tell you there's a fucking vampire, you better fucking believe me. Okay. I'd probably say, let's go look. <laughs> yes. Let's, like, let's go. Yeah, no, I'm still going to call your doctor. <laughs> If you say it's a vampire first, I'm calling your doctor. I'd be saying, pour me one of those no, and we'll I'm go look in the window. I'm going to call Ron and be like, what is Martha's doctor's number? <laughs> we need to make her an appointment. You know, Alyssa, I'm seeing you in a whole <laughs> different light right now, girl. If you said it was a vampire. And I'm not liking what I see. It's going to have to work. I'd probably be like, is he an Edward vampire or is he like a Dracula vampire? Like, what situation are we walking into? Vampires are not real and I'm worried about you. Yes, I get that. I get that. I get that. But I'm just saying that if your friend, who you know know very well, tells you something unbelievable, do you call 911 and have them carted away? Or do you actually listen and want evidence? Just saying. If it's a thing that could happen within the realm of possibility, yes, I listen. <clears throat> we don't know that vampires don't exist. Maybe the Volturi kept that shit better. We didn't know the coronavirus existed until just recently, and look uh, at this. Martha, viruses and vampires are a- two how do very you, different things. How do you feel about aliens, Alyssa? <laughs> eh, aliens very are very on the fence about aliens. Very, yeah. What? Well, I am not. I think there are aliens out there somewhere who just have not. In fact, I think maybe the coronavirus might be from outer space. Oh, my gosh. So when we were talking, I have to go home now. I've just given you shit. (laughs) We we were talking the other day at work about after the press conference when people were told to ingest Lysol to clean their inner systems. Oh, Jesus fucking Uh, Christ. I said, damn, they were like, the kids 
like eating the pot, the uh, Tide Pods. They're just ahead of their time. <laughs> That's it. They were forward thinkers. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, then I was like, no, you know what? I was like, this is going to show up on ancient aliens. Like, they're going to be like ancient astronaut theorists believe that the kids eating Tide Pods were aliens from the future trying to warn us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever seen what a virus looks like underneath a microscope? No. It is really fucking scary. And it looks like an alien. Germs are weird. Seriously. It really does. It looks like an alien. Stranger things have happened. Okay. I'm testing (laughs) Alyssa's friendship right now. Alyssa's failing, but Alyssa doesn't care. (laughs) Just teasing. (laughs) So anyway, um, the whole idea that... The two big things, those are the two big takeaways from me. The strength of the woman, the way her inner thoughts worked, because I knew Grady's not not a woman. He's not a woman. And it's hard when you're when you know that information, you know that a writer is not a woman, then you automatically have to kind of If you did not know that he was not a woman though and you read this, what would you think? I would still feel the same way. Hmm. Because I really wasn't paying that much attention once I started reading. I usually let go of that. It's always like that niggling little, what the fuck is wrong? Why am I not enjoying this more type feeling that I get? Oh, it's because he's a man. No, I didn't really even think about that. It was like I was left with this uneasy feeling of why, why was this woman this way? Why, you know, it, like it just didn't feel good and it didn't fit. Mm. And then I was like, oh, that's why. I mean, to his defense, maybe that's how he actually sees his mom. Because the way that that boys see their mom sometimes is different than what they really are. I would like to think my son would believe that I was an ass-kicking, vampire-slaying goddess. Can you text him and ask? (laughs) (laughs) I know he'll respond. We're about to find out, friends. Do you want me to text Tyler and ask him too? They're yes. probably together. <laughs> You're going to be like, did your mom text you the same thing my mom texted me? What are we texting? Do, Do you, you think I could be badass vampire killer? An ass kicking vampire slaying goddess. Be honest. <laughs> it's important. It's, it is importante. Sent. Did you did you send Tyler one? Yeah, I sent Tyler. Do you think I could be a badass vampire killer? Then I put an ass kicking Donna Reed goddess. <laughs> does Tyler know who Donna Reed is? No, he probably does not know who Donna Reed is. He's gonna have to Google who that is before he can answer. I think it would have been a better better book if if it had you're been. You're lucky set in the 50s. that I know who Donna Reed is. I would have totally gone along with the whole thing if it had been set in the fifties. It would have made perfect sense to me. Hey, Donna Reed was a badass. Look at everything that she did yep. in a dress and high heels every day, and yep. her hair was always fixed nice. Yep. Oh, and the actress was one of the first television producers who was a woman. Yeah. She was a badass. She was awesome. She was a badass. Yeah. Yeah. She was a producer and a writer. I mean, her own show. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I need them to text back. (laughs) We're waiting. Can I complain about a man? Yes. Go ahead. So um, I haven't done one of these in a long time, but this is a dispatch from romance Twitter. Uh Oh, (laughs) I know. I haven't done one in such a long time. We're mad at a man right now. So 
It came out uh, earlier this week that a book will be published in August of this year called The Happily Ever After, a memoir of an unlikely romance novelist written by Avi Steinberg. Avi Steinberg is a man. <laughs> Here's where it gets good <laughs> and where everyone lost their mind. So what he dis- this he there's a whole description. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long. Here's one of the sentences. What he discovered was a genre that was tremendously diverse and daring, along with a vast network of innovative writers who are keeping the novel as alive as ever. So a man has discovered the romance genre. So that means it's good now. (laughs) Did you know that? (laughs) Now that a man has seen us, it's fine? Yeah. I mean, we needed that validation in order to read those books for the past 200 years. (laughs) This is a book that is being published. Oh dear. Someone did a um a live tweet. She read the book cuz she has access to the arc. There are no works cited in this book, so he doesn't cite any of the books that he's referencing, which is a no-no. A no-no. So like he's um, and then he starts by talking about Anna Karenina, which is not a romance novel in any way shape or form because basically the main requirement for romance is that they have to end up together at the end. And not like they end up together and one of them dies. It's at the end, they're together, and they live happily ever after. That's the requirement. And in no way does Anna Karenina fill this. Well, clearly he didn't get the memo. Uh-huh. It's not good. Anyway, I'm really mad that um, they're publishing a thing because a man has finally discovered the romance genre. I think that that's bullshit. He's like, no, it's surprisingly not- diverse. Well, congratulations that you finally discovered it. Everyone else who reads romance has known this for a long ass time. Mm. Yes. Anyway. I, I feel no, I- your anger. I take it in. It's not great. I was like, really? <laughs> We're letting this be published? Yeah. Mm. That'd like, be like, I feel like the, for like the nerd equivalent of that would be like someone discovered Harry Potter it was but like, I discovered this thing that people have liked for 20 years. Yeah. Oh, way more than They'd 20 like, years. We well, book. for, no, I meant for Harry Potter. Oh, I thought you were talking about romance like, no. novels. No, 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 no. For Harry Potter. I discovered this thing that people love for 20 years. What? Yeah. Have I yeah. ever told you guys that my mother was never in my memory without a romance novel in her hand? No. Yeah, you've told me before. You haven't told me. She my read every day, all day long. One right after the other. That's what my Nana does. Yep. Mm-hmm. My mom she, reads the Harlequin books. Like, yep. She read every, every single type, type and everything she could get her hands on. Yep. Yeah. Because it's surprisingly diverse. Books. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I discovered that when, when she gave me um, Outlander to read. Outlander's good. Yep. I'm not sure if it's yeah. a romance or not, but... My mom used to go on the first of every month and buy her like four uh, Harlequin books. I don't know where my mother got her unending supply. She must have been trading them with somebody because I know we didn't have a lot of money. Library? Besides the the library, there were always paperbacks. Mm -hmm. They're mostly done in paperbacks. Yeah, yeah, twice a month. Our sons are not answering our questions. Clearly, they don't think it's very serious no. to answer that question right now. Can you, you call you keep one of them? Interrupting Megan. Oh, I'm sorry, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, no, baby? No, I was saying the Harlequin books used to come out like twice a month. So, like, that's probably like, and they were like cheap and easy to get at like Walmart. So that was probably 
where she'd go buy them. That's what my mom did. No, it wasn't because that was no. in the world before Walmart when Maybe I was a kid. she had a subscription. No. I think the, the drugstore would carry them. Oh, probably. Because be. our small town did have a drugstore. But that had books, books used to be a lot cheaper than what they are now. That's very true. That's well, and true. so the re- when romance, when like Harlequin was started, like the idea was like, cause it was a Canadian company that already did books, decided that they were going to start this new line. Like the goal was for it to be extremely affordable and easily accessible. Like that's the only way it was going to succeed. Well, yeah. I think they did like, a good job. And they have succeeded because for the most part, if you think about it, that's what still drives romance novels today. All my books are paperbacks. Yeah. The romance yeah. novels I have, mm-hmm. like there are hardbacks. I don't know where you buy them. I saw some at the... Was it the book the book sale in the uh what do they call the nice room? Uh, the better books. books. The better, better books room. There were some hardbacks of like a romance novel that I owned that I was just like, Where the fuck do you buy this? <laughs> I didn't know this came, I didn't know this sold in hardback. See, I grew up in a small town and at the drugstores where I used to buy books at mm-hmm. and all of them were were soft cover. There weren't yep. any hardcover at all. Uh, well, clearly our boys don't find this topic well if they're urgent their, enough to answer us right now if they're so on their way to Stillwater, then that's true so what we'll do is we'll we'll revisit this at the beginning of next week's podcast Excellent. if they ever answer us i mean bully them in person oh i'll be bullying him tomorrow <laughs> say what the fuck did you answer my text yesterday it was important we needed this for content damn it damn it i did your fucking laundry you little ungrateful little shit yeah chloe's barking she gets it (laughs) that's probably why she's barking she hears you and hears me yelling (laughs) mom why are you yelling i'm yelling too (laughs) (laughs) i don't like it whatever it is i'd go get the vampire neighbor with you (laughs) i don't know chloe's a big old softy that's true she'd go over there but i'd have to show her what to do and then she'd she'd hop in sort of like when i I beat the gopher to death with a mail order catalog, which I did. And then I had to whack it on the head with a shovel and show her what to do. And then she killed it. Oh, very smart. Yeah. Um, Echo would probably be right there with you. Yeah, I bet she would. If that vampire posed any threat to you, Echo would go. Annabelle, well, first of all, if it's a man, Annabelle would be ready to kill. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. She hates them. Well, ladies, I think our socially distanced podcast is going to have to end so you'll all have to go back to your own little holes now. Yep. I gotta eat yeah. dinner. It's okay. I have more balls there. <laughs> Bonnie's and trying to Bonnie's damn. trying to lure people in with her salty balls again. Come to my house. I have balls. <laughs> <laughs> and barbecue sauce. Yes. You can dip your balls in my barbecue sauce. <laughs> and on that note, that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.